welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 21st of April 2013, entitled, The Time is Come. And the Bible reading is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1-4. to Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Read the first four verses from 2 Timothy chapter 4. I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy word. Again, as we read from 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. Father, we thank you again this evening for the time that we have together. We pray now that, Lord, you would take and bless this time. Speak to our hearts. Uh, Lord, you know each individual here. You know that which each one needs. Lord, we depend upon you to meet those needs as only you can. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Paul is writing to his young protege, his young preacher here that he is trying to teach and encourage as Paul is coming to the end of his time. But this is one of the young men that's going to be taking up the ropes. And of course, he is specifically encouraging him to preach the word to be instant in season, out of season, to always be ready to proclaim God's Word. And he goes through many of the things that God's Word will do, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. I don't want to call your attention this evening as the warning, the prophecy, the prediction that he's giving him here in verse 3 when he says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. He's encouraged him to preach, to stick to the truth, because the time's going to come when those that would even claim to be of the faith, they're not going to want to endure sound doctrine. Now, as we look around us today, we don't say it proudly, but sadly they're are too many people that would call themselves Christians and maybe unashamedly so. But in reality, they don't really know what they believe. The truth is, is that they don't know enough about God's Word to know if they're being taught something that's false or not. These teachers can come along and they can have all kinds of Ideas that they proclaim forth as being the truth. The simple truth is, is that if God's truth is not dwelling in us, then we're not going to know whether they're telling us the truth or a lie. You know, the simple fact of the matter when it comes to faith is that one cannot walk by faith if they're messed up doctrinally. We hear a lot today that would try to speak much of faith 
uh, that would try to encourage us to walk by faith and to live by faith and to do all these things by faith, but at the same time would say that doctrine is not important because it would be divisive. Well, if your doctrine's messed up, your faith is going to be messed up. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith is dependent upon the Word of God. When you mess with the truth, you mess with your faith. Faith in something that is false is a very dangerous and deadly thing. That's part of the problem is too many people have faith in something that is not the truth. The faith that we can live by, the faith that will sustain us, the faith that will see things happen in our lives is faith in God's Word, in the truth. The faith that can only be based upon truth. Well, Paul was saying to Timothy here, the time will come. Well, I want us to just simply think on this thought this evening, the time is come. The time has come. The time is here right now. You see, when this is being written, this is a prediction, a prophecy, if you would. Uh, Paul is looking at a time in the future for the time will come. It's not here now, Timothy. But there's going to be a time that's coming. Time has a definite effect on every one of us as people. Sometimes it has good effects and sometimes it has bad effects. You see, all through our time, choices will be made. Changes will come. The problem is, too, that it is over time that Satan is able to many times popularized many of his false ideas and his false teachings, certain things that will even sometimes make genuine people think that, well, that's absurd to believe that the Bible teaches that. When the Bible teaches it very clearly, we can look all around us today. We can see not only in our nations, but also literally in our churches. We can see things that are accepted and things that are done that are so totally contrary to what God's Word teaches in clear black and white, no gray areas, the Bible says it. And yet, people would say that we are just absurd (laughs) to believe some of those truths. You see, the devil has used time. The devil has used a period of time in order to be able to get this mindset in people. Of course, One of the great tools that he uses in time is appealing to our flesh. He likes to appeal to the flesh. And that's one of the ways he often does his work. He can't get through to the spiritual man, but he can get through to the natural man. You see, here it's a prediction. But remember this, it's a prediction in the Word of God. Now, people can make predictions, and unfortunately, they don't always come true. But every prediction that God makes is always going to come true. Now remember that even though it's the Apostle Paul that's writing to young Timothy here, he's writing under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So this prediction that he's made is based upon the very knowledge of God. It's not just something that Paul has had to think up himself. You see, God not only knows our human nature, which would probably be enough, But even more specifically, 
He knows all things of all time. God is completely outside of time. There's nothing that ever catches him by surprise. Whoa, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know that was going to happen. You see, in light of this, God gives us insight, and he's already told young Timothy something back in his first letter in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. He said to him, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Pay attention, Timothy. Pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to the doctrine, to the teachings of God. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. You see, again, it's not only a dangerous thing to believe something that's false, to have a false faith and a false truth, but there's real danger of sharing that falseness with someone else. He is, he is telling Timothy here that, Timothy, you need to be careful. You need to watch yourself. You need to, to, to look into yourself and look into the doctrine, the teachings of God. You need to continue in those, Timothy, because when you do that, it's not only going to save you, but them that hear you. There's others that are going to hear what you are saying. I think one of the most awful things to stand before God as a Christian one day would be to know that you, have, you stand there and you have to give an account for that which you've taught someone else that was wrong that has maybe led their whole life in a direction that it maybe otherwise wouldn't have gone. You see, in our text, this prediction is being made according to God's perfect knowledge. His perfect knowledge of not just this time, but of all time. This prediction was made some 2,000 years ago. But I honestly believe, Brother Steve, that we find that it's no longer a prediction. It is no longer the time that will come, but it is a time that is come already. What prediction was being made of this time that was to come? What prediction are we saying that is no longer a future event, but is certainly fulfilled before our eyes today? we see first the prediction that was made. Secondly, the position that was relinquished. You see, for the time will come, he says, when they will not endure sound doctrine. There's a time that is coming, and I believe that the time is that they will not endure sound doctrine. Now, the word that's translated endure there, it literally carries with it the idea of holding oneself erect and straight and firm and nothing being able to move you. Sound doctrine, doctrine that is erect, doctrine that is firm. He says they're not going to endure. They're not going to stand erect. They're not going to stand for sound doctrine. We find that... God is speaking through the Apostle Paul of what we see is a true reality in our day when they will not endure sound doctrine. They won't stand up for sound doctrine. They won't stand firm 
on sound doctrine. They want to waver. They want to, they want to literally be able to just play around with these things to where it is satisfying to people, those itching ears that want to hear what they want to hear. It's been 2,000 years, hasn't it, since these words were written. It's been close to that. Timothy didn't live to see the final apostasy. I'm sure that he maybe saw some of it even in his day. But boy, 2,000 years later, it is a reality. Reality. You know, Timothy might have thought that Paul was missing the boat. <laughs> ah, no way. Because sometimes it's hard for us to believe that those that are standing so firm and standing so wrecked upon the true sound doctrines of Scripture would ever waver from that. And yet we see it time and time again. Churches, Bible colleges, things that, that one time stood erect upon sound doctrine. Now they've wavered from it. God knew what he was talking about. He's also the one that said to us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. What Paul wrote was what God was saying. You see, sometimes the Word of God is hard on the practices of the flesh. It is, really. We find that if you're not really totally committed to Christ, you're probably not going to hold up under some of the teachings of those sound doctrines. They're not going to sit well because unless we're committed to Christ, there are many things in there that are not going to sit well with the flesh. So we see in this verse, we see the prediction that's made. For the time will come. We see the position that is relinquished. They will not endure sound doctrine. There's they're not going to stand erect anymore. They're not going to stand firm anymore. There's a time that's coming when they're going to be willing to relinquish the sound teachings of the Word of God. I want you to notice thirdly the preservation that is required. They will not endure, what's the next two words? Sound doctrine. The word sound there. Do you know it's the same root word that we get our word hygiene from. When we talk about hygiene, we talk about something that is clean, a condition or a, a practice that is conducive to the preservation of health. Like many times we speak of cleanliness because we know that something needs to be clean in order to preserve our health. It's the same idea that we come, this, this sound doctrine, the doctrine that is conducive to the preservation of our spiritual health, praise God, just as it is in the natural world. We find that the definition really fits well with what the Apostle Paul is speaking of here. He's speaking of a practice that is conducive to the preservation of doctrine, to the preservation of God's truth. And we must have sound doctrine if we're going to be healthy that's what will build our immune systems to where, you know, in our physical life, we have to have our immune system strong in order to fight off the diseases that come along. Too many Christians today, their spiritual immune system is weak. The diseases, the false teachings, they come along. 
They have no immune system for them. You see, it's sound doctrine. It's sound doctrine that will cure our spiritual ills. When things we don't understand, when we need to, to be able to stand firm, to have the faith, we need sound doctrine. It's what we have as a weapon. You know, when we put on that whole armor of God that we sang about earlier, we take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If we don't have the truth, if we don't have that, that doctrine that's, that's conducive to the preservation of God's teachings in the Christian, the truth is, is we're going to suffer. When the enemy comes, he'll be able to rob us of that fellowship. He'll be able to mess with our faith. We need sound doctrine. We need those that will stand erect, that will stand firm in preserving the doctrines of God, in preserving the teachings of God himself. It's the preserving of doctrine that's going to preserve us as Christians. It's the preserving of doctrines that's going to help us to be able to stand against all the manner of false doctrines that are going to come. You see, the Christian has no chance whatsoever of being preserved against Satan's onslaught of lies and falseness in his teachings without the preservation of God's truth. Timothy, there's a time going to come when they just simply will not endure sound doctrine. They're not going to stand direct and stand firm on the teachings of God that will preserve them, that will make them healthy, that will keep them clean, that will keep them healthy in their spiritual lives. They just won't do it. Timothy, we see that a prediction is made here. We see the position that is relinquished, that standing firm, that standing erect for the preservation that was required, that sound doctrine. We see, fourthly, the passion that we battle. Boy, our passions, our fleshly desires, those things that burn. He says, why? Because he says, after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. After their own lust. You see, the flesh of a Christian, of every one of us, our flesh is at war against the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells within us. There is a battle that's going to rage there. That's one of the difference. When we're lost, there is no battle. Sin just has dominion over us. But when the Holy Spirit comes in, there's a battle. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 says, For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. We Paul talked clearly about that when he was writing to the church at Rome. You see that human spirit that is 
be generated by the Holy Spirit. It's going to have an unrelenting battle. Paul said many things there, but in Romans chapter 7, verse 18, he said, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, he says, dwelleth no good thing. Wow. No good thing. He says, For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Paul had come to a point in his spiritual life where he'd come to recognize and realize there was not one good thing about his flesh. Now, folks, I'm sorry today. As Christians, we've got to recognize that. There is nothing good in our flesh. There is nothing good about our flesh. And our flesh is going to be at battle against the spiritual self that's there by the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Our flesh is like a malignant cancer. There is no hope for your flesh or my flesh or any of our flesh. There is no cure for your sinful flesh. You see, you get saved, you, that lives in that temporary tabernacle, that flesh of yours. But your flesh never gets saved. Your flesh isn't saved. The Bible says there's going to come the day when it will actually be sown in corruption, but raised in incorruption, praise God. When we come to the end of this life, when they put that body in the grave, it's sown in corruption. I don't care who we are. That's why we're dead. That's what sin brings. And our bodies have not been saved and regenerated. We're going to get a new body. This one is going to be sown in corruption, but we're going to be raised in incorruption. We're going to be given that, that new body. He says we're going to be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Praise God. There will come a day when we won't have to contend with it, but the time has come. The time has come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lust, after their own fleshly desires, they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. You ever get upset with yourself because you can't harness something in your flesh? If you don't, I probably get upset enough for both of us. <laughs> That's good. Because the truth is, there's going to be things in your flesh that are vile, that are rotten. It is rotten. And the thing is, it should upset you. That's good. But you've got to keep fighting. You've got to realize you're going to have that fight until the day you leave this world. Don't expect anything good from the flesh. That's the problem a lot of times. Christians get so discouraged and so beaten down because they're actually expecting something good from their flesh. You're going to have to beat your flesh down. You're going to have to bring that flesh into subjection. It'll never be easy. The battle's always going to rage. What was it Paul said? <laughs> I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. I, I want so very much to do what's right. But boy, how to perform at that which is good, I find not. It sure is a struggle sometimes. 
You see, Paul says that there is in the flesh no good thing. When I would do good, evil is present. But if you're not saved, you're not even going to want to do good. You're not going to care. You're not going to have that desire. But it's only through the power of God. You see, you can overcome the flesh. You can overcome the evil one. But not in your strength. Your flesh is always going to be there. And the only way we can fight the flesh is through the power of the Spirit. We'll never do it ourselves. We find the prediction that is made here. The position that's relinquished. They will not endure sound doctrine. That preservation that's required. The passion that we battle. And I want to give you finally the preference that's expressed. After their own lust, after their own desires, after their fleshly desires, you see, they don't want. They're no longer willing to stand firm and to stand erect on sound, pure doctrine, that which will make them healthy, that which will preserve them. But after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Paul predicted that they were going to make a choice here. They were going to express their preference. You see, our life is full of choices every day in both the physical and the spiritual life. We can choose to fellowship with the Lord, or we can choose to fellowship with the world. That's one of the most important choices. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, it says, That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That was the preference. That was the choice that he had made as a child of God. John chapter 5, verse 40, and you will not come to me that you might have life. Jesus says, I'm here. I'm waiting. My arms are outstretched, but you won't come to me, but you can have life. No more important choice than that. We're talking about life and death choices when it comes to our spiritual life. You see, what we do with Jesus is undoubtedly the biggest choice that we'll ever make in our life. But then as Christians, the choices we make are vital. You see, we can follow our flesh. That's the prediction that was made, and that's the prediction that the time has come as we look around us, we're there. Many have made that choice. That is the preference of many because that's what's going to come natural to their flesh. Preference expressed in our text is that they want teachers that are going to be pleasing to the ear. It's going to not be challenging, but it's going to make them feel comfortable, feel okay. They don't want these things that are that are going to be challenging, that might be divisive, rather than 
standing erect and standing firm and preserving the doctrines of truth. They, they follow after those fleshly desires with a teaching that will please their flesh. The time has come. You see, that's no longer simply a future prophecy. That's the world we live in. It was foreseen by God, and it was recorded for us in God's word that it was going to happen. Now the time has come. This is not something that is simply a future event. It's a present reality. It's speaking of those who are supposed to be of the faith, and yet they've made some bad choices. They've chosen to take that route that's easier on the flesh rather than to stand firm and to stand direct. The time has come. We've got to stand firm. We've got to stand erect. We've got to stand up for the preservation of the true, pure, unadulterated doctrines of God, what he's taught us in his word. We've got to stand firm on those things there will be battles. There will be battles with our own flesh. There will be battles with others. There will be times when even our own flesh will want to rebel against the truth. It will want to resist the truth because the truth many times requires change. The truth requires action in our lives. We can't just coast along. That's what they wanted to do. That's the choice they were making. This is a whole lot easier on the flesh if I just kind of coast along where I'm at rather than letting God's truth, God's word change my life. This evening, can I encourage you, church? Stand erect. Stand firm. You see, in fact, the preservation of the saint is dependent upon the preservation of the truth. Without the truth, you don't have a chance. You're going to be defeated more and more and more. Every time you're given a little bit, the devil's going to take more and he's going to take more. We need all the truth. We need it as God has given it to us. The time has come. The time is here when many no longer want that. When, as I stated in the very beginning, sadly, many Christians, yes, even believers, that have genuinely been born again, that genuinely love God, many of them were led down a path, a path that is a wrong path because they simply don't know enough of the truth. The truth has been forsaken. And those false teachings are able to find place in their lives. Oh, we're not perfect. We're going to have the same battles as everybody else, and let us not get so prideful that we think we've got all the answers, and boy, the rest of them are just in for trouble. Now all we can do is take God's word, take the warnings that he gave, this young Timothy, this young preacher, take them to heart for ourselves and recognize that we are living in those days. There are many 
that are no longer willing to endure sound doctrine. Oh, but we need to make a choice to stand firm, to stand erect, the preservation of God's truths as he's given them to us. God will bless us for that. We'll be able to stand against the enemies. We'll be able to recognize error when it comes our way. We'll be able to, to recognize that which is false, that which is trying to lead us down that blind path. Not because we're so smart, but because God's truths have been preserved. And it's God's truths that will keep us preserved. Father, we thank you this evening, Lord, for this simple truth in your word. Lord, we do live in days when there's so much falseness around, and, oh, I fully understand. I fully understand how confusing that is, not only to a lost world, but to Christians themselves. They say, well, this is being taught, and that's being taught, but, Lord, in the end, you hold us accountable for what your word says. We can be wrong, but you're never wrong. I pray that you'd encourage and challenge each one here this evening, Lord, to go to your word, to know for themselves, not just to take man's word for it, but to know that they're standing upon your word, your teachings, and help them, Lord, rather than to take the easy route of or that which is pleasing to the flesh, help them to stand firm to stand erect for whatever your truth says. That's what we really need. We give you the thanks for it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.